1: Yo, what's good everybody, this is Jay and Jimmy on Unfair, where we take a musing approach to the sports conversation. We can be found wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to, you can check us out also on WMQGRadio.com, noon eastern, every single day, and make sure you go out there and rate us and review us and give us five stars, I think we deserve it, Just give us five anyway. Gifted. Alright Jimmy, on today's docket, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs that has kicked off. Yep. We've got... A petition set up by Justin Fields to get the Big Ten to restart. A special draft that Jimmy is obviously excited about. Very, very, very excited for this. And let's talk about which teams need to blow themselves up.
2: (laughs) All right. Let's dive right on in. Jam Master Jay. Jay, how was your weekend?
1: Hey, you know, it was another solid weekend. I saw a movie. Yes. Talked about was uh, Project Power. Yes, yes. That was uh, a lot better than I expected. I'm not going to lie.
2: I, did, I watched it too. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What'd you think? So so you thought it was. I enjoyed why it. Did you, why did you think it was a lot better than expected? I don't
1: know. I'm going to be quite <laughs> honest. um, I didn't know what to expect. It's a Netflix film, if I'm correct, right? Yes, it, it Netflix is. Netflix film? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was a Netflix film, so I didn't know what to think out of it. Heck, to be honest, I didn't even know what it was about. I just saw it and was like, eh, I'll give it a shot it sucked me in and Mm -hmm. I couldn't stop watching it. Mm -hmm. That was that, that to me is a good measuring stick for me when it comes to films is if it keeps my attention and that one did.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean we're just in general Jamie Foxx is always a win in really, my opinion course, I mean it's he's Jamie. so versatile he can do just about anything but uh, you know it's a fun movie we won't spoil anything for you all but <laughs> right. it is it's an action packed movie uh, it's kind of a bit of a it's a superhero film but with a definite twist to it yes Um, and it's got some good action scenes I think the narrative is, is pretty good it's got some interesting characters it mainly focuses on three of them so I liked it solid references as well
1: and I feel like like current one references. of them. Yeah like, yeah like especially with the climate and everything I think one of the references they made in there really jumped out to me. I was like, I like that placement. (laughs) Uh So speaking of placement,
2: let's dive in. Yes. So, Jay, today marks the first day of the NBA playoffs within the NBA bubble. Uh, All these eight-seeding games have meant to get us to this point, so now we can begin in earnest. Thus far, we both agreed that the bubble has gone off really well, Um, really no major hurdles or speed bumps. So today we start the playoffs. Now, this is going to be a bit different, right, Jay, in the sense of at least starting out in the first round, a la college basketball, there are going to be games throughout the day, about four games a day, Yes. right? Yes,
1: game one for all teams will be completed by Tuesday night. (laughs)
2: Right. that (laughs) quick yeah that quick
1: actually a la caught the ncaa that's exactly right
2: yeah yeah so with that uh and with the seeding games you were paying attention there's some very interesting playoff matchups that we want to discuss now one in particular at the end is the one we want to focus on the most but up until that point there's some really interesting matchups. And I think that also this is this is unprecedented, the playoffs taking place at this time in this type of a structure to where there could be a lot of surprises in these playoffs than we would normally see if things were going on the way that they normally do. So maybe that'll come about as we discuss each matchup. So starting out, let's we'll start with the East of the West. We're
1: in the West. Let's start with the East. We're all right, start the with the East. Low. All right,
2: so the East, uh, you start out with the Bucks, the 1C versus the Magic in the 8C. What would you say is the key to that matchup and who's going to win that series?
1: Uh, it's going to be all about Giannis. What is Giannis going to do? Um, how much Giannis is going to play? But overall, I don't think the Magic have a chance. Mm-hmm. The best, the Magic don't have a chance. So I'm going to quit. Even though they're at home, mm-hmm. they have home court advantage because they're in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Bucks sweeps it.
2: I'll say, you know, the Bucks. they're maybe one of – two or three teams who can turn the switch on and off when they want to. And obviously every team is going to have the same strategy against Giannis, which is to pack the paint, make him a jump shooter, give him open three. So he can sort of use the magic as practice to get his confidence, to get a feel for what kind of looks he's going to get and knock down some shots and build that confidence going into the second round, which as you go further and further, things are meant to get tougher. I would say I'm going to give them a gentleman's sweep in the sense of they're going to win it in five just because there's one game that they're just not going to be interested in because the magic are so bad compared to them. So I'll say Bucks and 5. Go
1: for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at their roster with Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> probably, I'm sticking to Probably four. Bucks and 3, honestly. I mean, you they're, they're not going to come out for the
2: fourth game. It's going to be Bucks and 3.
1: I mean, besides Fultz and Mobamba, there's not much that I'm really interested in on this roster. Even though Aaron Gordon's really good, I yeah, yeah next next series
2: Next all right so you have number two raptors versus the number seven nets who have already played today actually
1: yeah actually yeah so you know of course we're recording this on monday i watched a large portion of that raptors game and nets game and i'm just trying to figure out why the nets are in the playoffs (laughs) that's how bad it looked
2: yeah yeah and which is disappointing because they fought really hard against the blazers and in several games before that as a matter of fact on my solo show i talked about how they were the fourth or fifth best team at least the fourth or fifth best basketball that i've seen played came from brooklyn but you run into to me the team that's playing the the best basketball in the nba which is the raptors so they don't have enough this is when having a kyrie and a kevin durant really helps you out it's critical yeah very critical so yeah raptors i'm gonna give raptors in four one of those games is gonna be close Not screw that gentlemen. sweep again because just because the nets fight they're gonna get one
1: you're a nice guy i'm gonna go <laughs> in another sweep. um Toronto has proven to all of us mm-hmm. that they're a lot better than we expected. Either they're just very well coached or they're a lot more talented than we thought. I'm going to go both. with a combination of both. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I feel like Nick Nurse is actually a solid coach. He's done, he's getting the most out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam with uh, the Ron Baker, Fred Van Fleet <laughs> right. Right, right. Little Drake, we'll call him that. <laughs> and um, and um, Kyle Lowry, they're playing some Great basketball. Mm-hmm. You can't argue that. I don't think Brooklyn has anybody that can take over enough to propel them over that firepower. Even without mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, they are to me. I think they're the fourth. They're they're the oh, actually they're the number two seed. I think they are the the second best. Well, actually, I think they're the third best team in the East. Do mm-hmm. you I mean,
2: think? You think the who? The Raptors. You think the Raptors are the third best team in the East? Yes. Sorry. So you put the Bucks in front of them. Who yes. else do you put in front of them? Miami. Miami. I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. You're, like the, you're the biggest Jimmy Butler fan I've ever seen. I, in my life. I, it's
1: not just Jimmy. <laughs> I feel like their team is constructed better than Toronto. Mm. Not, and that's no shade to them. Mm. I just – they're the team that I feel like can compete with Milwaukee. I don't think Toronto can.
2: Yeah, well, see, the thing about the heat that people don't really know is that they're – I think in the regular season before the shutdown, they were the best three-point shooting team in the league. Oh, yeah, Duncan. Yeah. Duncan, Duncan Robinson, and an Tyler hero. Yeah. Ooh, so – you, you might have. I don't think that they're better than Toronto. I think that's a six or seven game series, but I think Toronto, especially with their experience last year, has the edge. But I don't think so. I don't think that edge so is going to be have, enough for they them. They might. Well, let me see. You got to have a two and a seven. So, yeah. So they will meet in the next round. Right. Meet
1: in the next round. So next we have three. Actually, no, no, they won't. They won't meet until the. Crap, you're right. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, all right. Uh, we have the Celtics at three, 76ers at six. they're picking? actually going on right now while right we're now.
1: recording. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not looking at the numbers with it. But Boston, I'll give them a gentleman's sweep. Boston in five. Mm-hmm. Only because um, Philadelphia is going to need Ben Simmons. No Ben Simmons. means it's all Joel Embiid. Now, there could be a twist of things. We could actually finally see Tobias Harris play basketball the way that we thought he was going to play. Come mm-hmm. on. You're Vol. you you got a ball. <laughs> oh. Oh, I was like, how, how do we think he was going to play? Oh, he's
2: a it, ball. That's a ball. what you're talking about. Exactly.
1: Uh, along with uh, Al Horford showing up for a change, if they can get everybody in the right pieces and put a shoot, some shooters out there, mm-hmm. they can beat Boston. They can beat them. Now, will I, did I say they will beat them? No. It's all on Joel and B shoulders. Joel's got to average 30 and 13,
2: mm-hmm.
1: minimum, if not 30 and 15. And there's no excuse to not do that against Boston because I don't believe Boston has a big man that can hold him
2: this year. Boston really doesn't have a big man, period. That's why I think Boston is going to win in six because I think there are going to be a couple of games where the focus of Philadelphia is just to beat them up on the inside. And that's how you beat Boston. That's how you beat Boston in NBA 2K. You just beat them them up on the inside, and that's exactly what the Sixers are going to do. So, yeah, Yeah, number four, you have the Pacers. Number five, you have the Heat. Who wins that series and why? Heat. In six, um, Victor Oladipo is
1: balling. He's he's starting to show a little something, something. but at the same time, I think Victor's mind is on not being in Indiana next year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he wants to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like a mutual parting is going to happen, just kind of just some, some reads I've been seeing on the interwebs. Um, <laughs> Miami now looks like they're more healthy than they were before. Uh, Jimmy Butler's not going to be sitting out many games. They got mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bam Adebayo, yeah, out of Bio, who's out there, is ridiculous. Lovely guy. I'm going to go Miami in six.
2: Crap, that's what I was going to go. Yep, Miami in six. Total agreement. Co-Island.
1: So, all right, move Switch on to, to the west.
2: To the west. To the west. Uh, you have the 2C, the Clippers, versus the 7C, Mavericks.
1: 2-7, Clippers in – I'm going to say they'll sweep them. I like Dallas. I feel like Dallas is going to be a threat in the west in the future, especially the way that the team's being constructed with all these Euros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what Mark Cuban's doing. Um, there's a lot of jokes that can be had with that. But <laughs> they they're I like their construction. I like the way that they're set up as a team mm-hmm. and they have a bright future, especially with Luca, because Luca's a monster. And as you mentioned on your solo, you know, at 22, he's one of the – I don't think LeBron was doing what he's doing at 22. He was uh, Even though I think LeBron did go to the playoffs at 22 mm-hmm. similarly. But they're, they're, he's balling out. He's probably the closest thing to a LeBron at that age with the high expectations um, that he's going to probably surpass them. And mm-hmm. he needs to get at least one MVP. If he gets one MVP, he'll surpass those. But – They're not ready for the wing, the perimeter defense that the Clippers have. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Clippers in four.
2: Yeah, you have Luka. You have a team that plays hard. You have a championship winning coach. And you have good three-point shooting. I think that's enough to drive the Clippers to six. Ooh. So I think the Clippers take them in six. But Luca is going to get one, and then his three-point shooters are going to get him one, and that's it. Okay. But it'll be a very admirable six. It'll be a tough six. I like that. Yep. Next, you have the Jazz, who also started us off today. Jazz at six, the Nuggets at four. The Nuggets win that in overtime, correct? Nuggets at three. Yes. Nuggets won oh, it yeah, in right. overtime. Yeah. Nuggets are the three seed. Right, right, right. Okay, mix yeah. that up. Nuggets yeah. won.
1: They, Nuggets did win in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a battle between Donovan Mitchell and <laughs> Jamal Murray. Right. And it was like the entire game, I think when Donovan Mitchell hit 45, I was like, man, Donovan Mitchell, he's going off, blah, blah, blah. And then Jamal Murray's like, hold my beer. He hit a three right <laughs> afterwards. And it was nonstop. Mm-hmm. So that was probably – that's probably going to be the best game today, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah.
2: I'm going to take Nuggets in seven on that. I think it's, it's going to go back and forth. Yeah, back I'm going to go
1: Nuggets as well. I'm going to Nuggets in six. In six? I don't
2: think that Utah is ready for – I
1: don't think Utah is ready for them. Yeah.
2: All right. All right, hometown team, Oklahoma City Thunder at five. Rockets at four. No Russ, at yes. least for tomorrow. Yes. Game one, who do you take in that series and why?
1: I'm taking the Thunder in five. Um, I'm going that short only for one reason. I was reading a report that there is – kind of fears in the the Rockets' locker room and front office that they won't have Russ at all in the mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance he will miss. Now, if they can get it past five, I can see the Rockets winning it in seven but the Thunder will have to close us out early. And they close us out early with everybody healthy on their roster. I think they'll be fine.
2: Yeah, Thunder and six. I'm going to suppose that Russ, we'll say, comes back in game three or four. Uh, if Russ was here for the entire series and totally healthy, I might pick the Rockets. Uh, but since he's not, since his health is going to be compromised, even when he does come back, yep. I'm going to take the Thunder and six because of the kind of basketball that they've been playing. And I think they're the tougher team. And this, this small ball thing I think is going to come up against a team like this at the worst time and they're not going to be able to match that. I see that. Yep. So lastly, the matchup we saved for last, to me, could be one of the greatest playoff matchups we have ever seen based on Who's in it on one side and how one is playing on the other side. You have the number one seed in the West Lakers versus the number eight seed who have to fight tooth and nail to get there. The Portland Trailblazers led by Dame Dollar kicking off tomorrow, tomorrow evening.
1: Yes, yep. they're, 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 the, they're the eight o'clock game tomorrow. Uh-huh. All right. So what's the, key, time. what's the key to the matchup and who wins it? Key to matchups in that one is Portland's going to need a lot out of everybody. Everybody's going to have to show up. They're going to need somebody to hold LeBron. Unfortunately, I can't name anybody on their roster that can hold LeBron. I also can't name anybody on their roster that can <laughs> hold Anthony Davis. But that's the two people they gotta figure out how to hold. If they can stop them, Portland has a chance to steal this. I don't see them stealing it. I see the Lakers winning it in a in a Baker's gentlemen sweep of six. <laughs> Baker's. Uh, yeah, no, made something up. But, no, I say the Lakers in six. Mm-hmm. I think that Portland's going to do enough to win games because Damian Lillard will have uh, a transcendent game, like you mentioned. I think mm. he will um, become a Super Saiyan and dive <laughs> out, especially the way they played <laughs> against uh, Memphis. Uh-huh. I would like the Lakers to sweep them only because I'm pissed at the fact that Portland was so selfish that they felt the need to win the game on Saturday instead of giving us that L so we could have another game on Sunday. But guess what? We had no basketball on Sunday. Yeah, felt- and whose fault is it? It's <laughs> Portland's fault. And so because it's Portland's fault, I want them to get destroyed. So that's what it is. But, okay. Yeah.
2: So you're, you're mad at them, and that, has, that am, has colored your perspective. And I'm
1: also mad at everybody in this uh, Carmelo Anthony stuff. I, I'm – look, okay. What are you mad about? I'm – I was cheering for Carmelo Anthony once he left New York, coming to Oklahoma City as well as to Houston. I am a Mellow. I like the underdog story of him to a degree, Uh but I don't feel like he's an underdog. I feel like Carmelo Anthony has been Carmelo Anthony the entire time that we've known him. So as much as you all want to say that, oh, well, you know, nobody believed in Melo. No, I think Melo didn't believe in Melo, and it showed by the way that he played in Oklahoma City And in Houston, Mm -hmm. he just didn't want to take the role. If he would have taken a six-man role at one of those two spots, kind of like he did in Portland until Portland saw injuries, he'd been probably a lot further. Uh, He'd probably still be probably in Oklahoma City, to be Mm -hmm. quite honest.
2: Melo's always been his own worst enemy, and usually with an individual like that, it does take them until later on in life, in in this case in basketball, later on past their prime before they get it. But – I've learned to appreciate what we're seeing from Carmelo Anthony. I like the basketball that he's playing. This is the most I've liked him on a basketball court probably his entire year, even going back to the years where he was a perennial all-star because I like that he's playing within a team. It's not all about him, Yes, and he really fits on this team.
1: That's the thing is he's taking the role, yes, like and that's said. what I've always wanted Carmelo to do, even in Oklahoma City and in Houston. The biggest issue has been his ego was in the way. And then remember, he came to the the bubble Looking like he was in high school. That's probably the smallest we've seen Carmelo Anthony's career since he left Syracuse. Uh-huh. Because of that, obviously he's going to ball out. Mm. He's going to look a lot better because he doesn't have that extra weight. But this is also another thing about Carmelo. You know why he's playing so good, right?
2: Well, because he's on one year
1: contract? Because he's in the bubble. This is Olympic Melo. You notice Olympic mellow balls out, right? Yeah. He's not at home. He's not in his home city. He's not kicking it wherever his team's at. They are basically at an AAU tournament. And this is where M- Melo thrives, just like in the Olympics.
2: He's only with his teammates. He can focus. He gets in shape. He Balls out. And the alcohol in the bubbles probably not as anywhere near as good as he would normally be able to well, get. Well,
1: I mean, it's Florida. They can, he can get the potency that he wants, but he doesn't have to. <laughs> he's so focused on just being with the guys and, mm-hmm. and balling. Mm-hmm. This is what you need out of Melo. You got to get him out of his environment to make him mm-hmm. thrive. And he's out
2: of it. Okay, so here's the thing. All right, so th- these are – Different circumstances than we've ever seen before, right, as far as why they're in this bubble. And normally when you have a one seed and an eight seed, you know exactly what to expect. This is one of the few times where I honestly, based on what I've seen up until this, don't know exactly what to expect. I know how it can go, yeah, you know, Lakers beat them in five and six, which is fine with me because I want the Lakers to win the championship. But I don't know what to expect because, for one, you have the Lakers who – don't have no defensive energy and have not been able to shoot threes again mm-hmm. up until this point. You have the Blazers, and I've watched their last two games through and through. They can't play perimeter defense nope. and they cannot rebound. No, they can't rebound at so all. So because of each team's deficits, I think each game is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a game unto itself, but it's gonna be back and forth. It's gonna be weird. Guys are gonna go off. bron is gonna go off one game. Dame is gonna go off one game. McCollum is going to close out one game AD is going to look like one of the best players ever in one game It's going to go back and forth so I'm picking for that reason the Lakers in seven
1: wow you're going deep I'm okay going deep. fascinating yeah let's see how it turns out let us know what you all think if you guys see these series being better than what we're trying to call them out to be because I don't see them
2: be being... <laughs> it's mostly chalk I
1: feel like well hell the sports books can't even determine who's going to win it all. Exactly. They're, still, they're lost. Exactly. exactly. So, if they're lost, we may as well be lost too. <laughs> Let's see what happens.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com slash internet for details
1: All right, that was a good segment something we do every single show Uh, led by Jimmy is the
0: news and now Jimmy has the news
2: Uh, thank you Wendy Uh, so bad news Cowboys fans Uh, defensive tackle Gerald McCoy ruptured his right quadriceps tendon during the first padded practice of training camp on Monday and will undergo season ending surgery according to team exec BP Stephen Jones. Um oh man that, that sucks one because he's an OU boy two because he's an Oklahoma City boy and three he's just one of the just most fun players in the NFL he's a leader wherever he goes. So Jay what kind of season did you think Gerald McCoy was going to have what kind of impact do you think he was going to have on the Cowboys this season
1: I thought this was going to be his um, his reemergence party I guess you say rejuvenation yes. party yes. I thought he was going to come out there and really wreck shop on the defensive line perfect opportunity everything is the Eagles who seem to always struggle on the line uh-huh. Washington who seem to always struggle on the line the Giants who seem to struggle on the line <laughs> so this kid had a great opportunity to really put up some numbers and
2: I did really broke my heart when I saw that cross that he was out for me. Me too, me too. And he wasn't going to face any double teams because you have, for him you would have Tank Lawrence on the right and then you would have Everson Griffin, who they signed last week, who's had more sacks over the last four or five years than only about maybe three or four players have more sacks than him over that time period. They signed right. to a one-year deal, yeah, out of Minnesota. And he's going to have, he would have had him on the left side, and he's not going to have that. So what I think they're going to miss the most is not so much his play on the field, but his leadership. He's a leader in any locker room that he walks in, and that's what they've been sorely missing over these last few seasons. So hopefully Agreed. we get, hopefully get him back next season. Um, speaking of which, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are expected to host former Dallas Cowboys star wide receiver Dez Bryant oh, for, yeah, for, uh, for a workout sometime this week, according to multiple sources. So let's say Dez Bryant looks good in this workout. What do you think the odds that they sign him are? Um,
1: I'm going to give it an 80% chance. At 8 or 80. 80. Think an 80%. Chance. I think they will sign him. If he looks good, I mean, he he was promising for the Saints until he popped his Achilles. That's right. Now, that's the question. Was his Achilles a what is this movement look like? How fluid is he? Mm. If he does look as good as he's kind of looked in some of these videos and stuff over the summer, mm. I, mean, I mean,
2: Baltimore might get a steal and get him cheap, too. Yeah, but I think this communicates something. If you're bringing in a receiver for a workout this early, and I know that this kind of happens, but a, a receiver like this, I think that either means that they're receiving core outside of Hollywood Brown, and he's young, but they're too young, or they're just not very good outside of Hollywood, and they need somebody else, someone established who can be on the other side of him or in the slot who draws attention. do they have? Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of guys. I mean, they got they got guys. Jamie, Jamie. No one knows Ooh. who they really are. What, that, that, I, that, I can, that, I can give you problem. the names, but who they need other guys. Um, they drafted Duvernay out of Texas. Okay, he's a have, rookie, so of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Willie Snead, who's solid, but he's, he he doesn't really scare you. Um, I'm trying to think of another receiver on this. What Miles Boykin? Didn't he play for Notre Dame or was he from Texas too? Yeah, I think Notre Dame. <laughs> so no one no proven, proven outside of that. Exactly. You there you, got you mark, go. got Mark Andrews. Yeah. Okay, so I think they signed him as well. So up next, the Washington football team, your favorite team outside of Tampa Bay and Baltimore, no. uh, have done something unprecedented in football. If I can find it here. And this is what I was talking about today. You look for an article and it's not there anymore. Because somebody removed it. They hired uh, Jason Wright to be the NFL's first black team president believe it or not. So what are your initial thoughts on that, especially given that it's the Washington football team and Snyder?
1: Well, the timing that it that, that, it, that it happens,
2: of course, puts it in question. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, I mean, if you look at his resume, he has a resume of yes. someone that should be in that position or even have that opportunity. I guess for me, I'm curious to what – the full portion of his background. I'm looking I've looked and I've seen through the Twitterverse people talking about some of his background that's put makes them skeptical. So, I don't know. We we'll have to see. What about you?
2: Um you know, again, I think he's in this position because he's he's definitely qualified. I love seeing this. This has been part of what we're talking about in terms of African Americans being in positions of power like this, especially in an industry such as this. So, I think that it's hopefully a stepping stone for other franchises to put African-Americans who are well-qualified and who would do a great job in positions of power within the organization in the front office. So, you know, my hats are off to Dan Snyder for this. It doesn't change my opinion of him, and the minority owners still want him to sell his portion of the team, but I do appreciate this, and I think Jason Wright's going to do a really good job. Alright, is that it? Uh, Lastly, Daniel Cormier uh, Saturday night after losing to UFC heavyweight Champ Stipe Miocic, sorry if I butchered the name, uh, said that this basically, oh, is that the end of the music? Yep, it is. So we screwed up. I screwed up. Uh, he's retiring, basically, <laughs> um So do you have any Daniel Cormier memories, or will you miss him in the UFC? I, no, I don't
1: have anything <laughs> on Daniel Cormier, and yes, we did run out of time on hey, I uh, sucked. That was yeah, a, I that sucked was a, today. That was a longer than five that was minute uh, n- um, news segment. But no, um, it- I mean, it was about that time. I figured he retired after the John Jones yeah. three time stuff, but hey, yeah.
2: he tried to give it one more, and that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that old. I mean, I would like to he's still see old. him around. I would love to see him around the sport because he's a really good analyst. And you know, oh yeah, he's be there, He's yeah. one of the one of the all time greats in in his division and in the UFC. Doesn't he
1: have a podcast on like ESPN or something? He probably, something does. Or whatnot? He probably does. He probably does. I think he does. I think he has something in that capacity. Yeah. And I think that's where he's gonna. Evaluate. And what I
2: didn't know is he trains at the same gym as Khabib who's one of my favorite UFC fighters. I don't even mm. like UFC. Exactly. Is that it? Yeah. That's it. So you say. And that was <laughs> Jimmy with the <laughs> <Thank> news. <you. laughs> that might be the worst job I've ever done on news. Yeah, I see okay. what the problem is. I did four instead of three. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, then we. Anyway. <laughs>
2: we do <what> we do. <laughs> a lot do. more to it.
1: But we're going to dive into the next portion of it. And this was. This was. Um, this was a little interesting to me. Yes. So, of course, we're having dialogue around college football and to play or not to play. Mm. The players have their their we want to play campaign going on. Uh, We are united and all that jazz. And so the most recent piece that came out is Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio state has Mm -hmm. put together a petition requesting the big 10 immediately reinstate the 2020 football season in the fall. Mm -hmm. A petition has nearly reached over, reached 250,000 signatures. So they have over 200,000, almost 250,000. And Fields had tweeted out on Sunday that this calls is close to my heart in order to people to sign the petition so mm. everybody's trying to get the Big Ten to buy into bringing the season back and all of that but Big Ten postponed the season potentially to the spring because of uh, based on medical advice regarding the pandemic that's going on and a vote from the conference presidents and chancellors so Jimmy let me ask you this question in the Jimmy's way of asking it Good luck. Uh, <laughs> I know right I <laughs> Do you think this
2: petition matters? I think it matters a lot. I think it matters, one, because it's coming from a star player. If this came from a backup kicker for uh, Iowa, it really would not matter as much um, and I don't think it would have garnered the amount of signatures. Because I think of, as of this morning, it had garnered 228 thousand signatures. So even half that to me matters in the sense of the president. I believe his name is Kevin Warren, the yes. president of the Big T- of the Big Ten, has to pay attention to this and at least in some regard reevaluate his position since this does have so much support. So if people are talking about it, if it's on ESPN, and if it's pertinent in a league where other conferences are doing. What Justin feels in his conference, what he wants his conference to do, then I think that it matters quite a bit. It may not change anything, but I do think it matters. Okay. I don't
1: think it matters because petitions don't matter. <laughs> I mean, if you've not noticed, there's a lot of petitions that go out there and they don't mean much of anything. It's it's all uh, it's all dressing, I guess you could say. It doesn't really uh-huh. do much or affect much of anything. But there's a few things that I, I don't feel like a lot of people are paying attention to in the circumstances of why the leagues canceled. The, the south wants to play, I'm telling you why is because of money. They mm. don't care about the players, they don't care about the kids. They're playing because of money. Money, they have bills to pay. Since they have bills to pay, they need to get that bread. The other teams, the Pac-12, Big 10, the MAC, they don't want to play why? Because of money as well. Mm. Not that they need to get that money. But they don't want to spend that money Mm. because it's already a bad look on their part if they're going to go out, play and play these games. In order to provide these players with a safe enough environment to participate, they're going to have to do a very large financial investment to make sure everything stays safe. Mm. Let's pull back on that. The NFL had predicted they're going to be spending between 75 to 100 million dollars in order to have enough testing and all the protocols together in order to have the NFL season. Mm. That's 32 teams. It's 32 teams in the NFL, right? Yes. College football is like 220 something teams. How many of them, if you break up the factor, the, the, the figures between this, how many of them do you think has $20 million to spend or $10 million to spend on coronavirus testing and protocols? I'm gonna say you're power five, and only a few of them do uh-huh then you run into the next question. You obviously can find money to pay for these tests and create this bubble to bring in more money. You can't find money to pay the players
2: <laughs>
1: you, you see what I'm saying like, uh-huh. like thats that's the thing is that everyone says it's not enough money. we don't have the money there's not enough money for this, but you can find money when you want to find money. It's no different than a lot of other things in this world that I won't touch on. Mm-hmm but it seems like money magically appears when you really want it to. So this to me is a indictment on a lot of college football itself that you can't find the money to pay these players and put together a system for it, but you can put together these
2: protocols and pay for all this coronavirus testing to get them Mm. on the field. So then you feel like in virtue of principle alone, because if you wanted to, you could come up with this money in order to structure college football conference to conference to make it safe for everybody. But you can't, you can't pay us. You don't pay us. So therefore, since you don't pay us, why should we go out there just on principle alone that you don't spend this kind of money on us when we deserve it? So that's, Is that like the the foundation of your position as to why? Because I'm gathering that you feel like the Big Big Ten season should remain canceled on principle, primarily on this principle. Is that right? That is a piece of it. The other portion of it, too, is that you can't
1: trust not only the players, you can't trust the other teams in the country. You can't. Not everybody's going to have not only the financial backing to be able to do the testing that you're going to do, they also don't have the will to do it as well. Perfect example, Florida State. They had a kid that had symptoms, told him he was good, go to team meetings. His test came back. He was positive, Mm. exposed everybody there. They were complaining about their protocols, and they, they, they don't feel safe. Some of the players did not feel safe because of that circumstance. You had that spoken at Colorado State. You had it spoken at other schools as well Mm. that they don't feel like the school is doing enough to keep them safe. Great. I know that there is a 99.999% recovery rate of whatever is going on around for the virus itself. But there is also long-term effects that we're looking at. Like the Big Ten, their medical advice would scare them is they had 10 players that had myocarditis, which we talked about last show is basically inflammation of the heart, which is typically caused from a virus similar to the flu or hmm, COVID. All those players tested positive for COVID. So because of that, they're fearful of them having long-term injuries from that, as well as in the research that I read from Johns Hopkins is that typically sudden death that happens from myocarditis involves exercise. What do these athletes do all the time? Mm-hmm. They exercise. They they, they they put a lot of stress and pressure on their heart. So not saying say I'm a doctor or anything. I'm just telling you about a research that I read. That's the thing that I know the big team is looking at, as well as these schools don't want to be liable. None of these schools don't want to be liable. If anything happens to one of these players, you have one player death because of this, because they find out that they have a, they're Im- uh, immunocompromised mm-hmm. and they did not know it before. Then what do you do? None of these these conferences can give you an answer of what they would do if a player does die. Because all they're going to tell you is, oh, there's a X Y Z XYZ percentage recovery rate. Guess what? Um, who was the running back for Pitt? James Carter. James Conner. James Conner. Yeah. Did he have cancer? Yes. He did. He recovered from cancer. Went back to play football, right? Mm-hmm. You know that this is kind of um, – he means he's immunocompromised, right? Mm-hmm. That means that this could flare his cancer back up. Well, if you have another player that you find out has cancer and this is what takes them down, mm. that's the things that a lot of these schools, especially the Pac 12 and the Big Ten, thought about. They're like,
2: we're not we don't be liable okay. for that. Okay. So here's what I'm gathering. So I'm gathering that you feel like not only should the Big Ten continue to stay shut down, but that the other there should basically be no college football this season. Yes or no?
1: I'm gonna say No, there shouldn't be any college football, and the only reason why I'm saying there shouldn't be any college football is that I don't think all of them have a plan for the third factor that I have in all of this is 18 to 24-year-olds who don't
2: care. (laughs)
1: They don't believe – they believe they're invincible. You remember being 18? Mm -hmm. You remember being 22?
2: I used to jump off of buildings, yes.
1: Thank you. You think you're invincible. You don't (laughs) care. You just do – 18 to
2: 24 year olds do usually the dumbest stuff. That's typically when we Mm -hmm. do our dumbest stuff. Why? Because we have more freedom. Okay. All right. So on this point, and this is something that he does mention. I've been wanting to ask you about this. He says that the players deserve the right to opt in or opt out. A la professional sports. So we, we call them sometimes we'll say kids, college kids, but I mean, you step on a college campus. I mean, you're out there. guys trying to knock your head off. I mean, that's, that's grown man football that they play in college. Right. So do you feel like they deserve the right? Let's say you have some protocols in place to make it as safe as possible, just like you've seen in other sports, professional or otherwise. Do you feel like they deserve the right to opt in or opt out? Or should the kids, should the college student athletes be protected from themselves and not be given the opportunity to opt in or opt out because there is no sports?
1: See, now that's the tough part. Let's dive into that one a little bit more. Okay.
2: The, this is the reason
1: why the schools are – they they they. Those, that's why the Pac-12 and the Big Ten pulled out is because they don't want the liability. That's the thing. You can have these kids sign waivers, which would be the stupidest thing you could possibly do because at the same time, most people don't even believe it would hold up in court.
0: But the mm-hmm. schools
1: would still be liable. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the question you have now is, is are the schools okay with being liable for anything to happen to these kids especially the fact that they cannot control these kids not having parties, not having people at their houses, Mm -hmm. not going out to kick it. (laughs) You can't control that the other team you play against, their players are following protocol or the other school you play against and their players are playing, following protocol. There's so many different variables that you have to consider. It's not like you're in the NBA where you have a bubble and you can control everything. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't even control everything in your conference let alone try to control everything in your own campus. Mm -hmm. You have 100 dudes to worry about. 100. Mm -hmm. 100. Hell, there were players in the ACC, they were pointing out how they were rolling around campus and they saw not nail one piece of mask while people were all (laughs) congregated together. (laughs) They called this out. And this is what I don't get with a lot of these fans with this is that that's what the players are trying to tell you. Because the other piece behind this is, I agree with Justin. They should have the option to opt in or opt out. But there's a caveat behind that. The players have already said that they want they want the schools to make it as safe as possible. Do the schools want to have the liability of figuring out how to make it safe as possible? They don't. Mm. OU, most recently, they had nine kids test positive. While they were in training camp, they, they didn't have no positives, which was fantastic. It means their little bubble worked. But the problem you run into that is, is that people start – they took a break. Most of the kids did stay. So there's a combination of reports that the players that did stay are the ones that got sick or the ones that left that got sick. Nobody can really give a full answer. Mm -hmm. Nobody's confirming gay or nay. But here's the big piece behind it. They're going to go right back on campus. Are you going to segregate them from the rest of the student body? Are you going to treat them like they're more important than any other student on their campus? There's another problem right there. Why is it the football players are getting special treatment when the rest of the student bodies should also be protected? Mm -hmm. But, But they're student athletes, right? Which one is it? Mm. Are they students? (laughs) Are they amateurs? Are they not amateurs? Mm. That's where that's where all these layers kick in. And I don't think people understand that there's way more to it than just throwing them on the football field. (laughs) You know, I can honestly say rarely have
2: I seen you so passionate about any particular topic that we have ever discussed in the three year four season history of this show you make some really really excellent points several of which i had not considered but it seems like if you're going to stand on the foundation of everything that you're saying it only leads to one conclusion and this is a stance that you have to take with this that is you have to protect the kids. It's too dangerous and that no conference should be playing any type of organized team sports. And that's the way that it needs to be. Yes. It will piss them off. Yes. They have their opinions. Maybe there maybe could have been a way had things been better organized or structured to be safer, but by your logic, by what you're saying, and you're saying a lot of really interesting, good, you know, logically foundational things, no conference should be playing football. You cannot trust the other schools to do what you're
1: doing. You can't, Oklahoma cannot expect West Virginia to spend the same money that they're mm, spending right. on testing protocols and all of that. In the ACC, Clemson cannot expect Miami to do the same as we know. Miami's considered kind of one of the poverty teams. Mm. You know, financially they don't bring in the, the revenue like they do outside of the conference numbers. Right. A lot of these, you can't, North Carolina State, you can't expect them to do the same thing that Clemson does. You can't, in the SEC, you can't expect Arkansas to do the same thing as what Alabama's doing. You can't. You want them to, Mm. but you can't expect them to. Because depending on where you go, a lot of these people are like, uh, YOLO, and they're going to do their own thing.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
2: This is one of my favorite things that we do. <laughs> and I know I've said that this. every single time we do this. He, I, he loves I, this. Love Jimmy I love drafts. That's why a draft. I love fantasy sports so much. He has an addiction to drafts. I, I, am, I love drafts. So, and I love coming up with ideas for drafts. So Jay and I, a month ago, uh, we did a fantasy draft. It was uh, drafting the most famous people on the planet as a collection of who can have the most famous roster versus the other. So I came up with another idea. Now, Given that it was pretty easy too, given that Jay and I grew up during what is known as the hip hop era. So today we are going to draft the greatest rappers of all time to see who can assemble the greatest roster of the greatest rappers we have ever seen in the history of the hip hop game.
1: Let's go for it.
2: Yep. All right. So who how are we going who's gonna go first? Who went first in the last one?
1: We did a coin flip. Yes. And
2: I think I won the coin flip. Okay. So I went first. So this time I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go first. first. All right, so first now, not to say that this is who I believe to be the greatest rapper of all time, but he's definitely my favorite rapper of all time, and I'm glad he's coming in as my number one pick, and that is Pac. Oh, wow. No nope. so Jimmy goes straight to Pac. Got to go to Pac. I, okay. I do – I was thinking about this. Nah, no, go ahead. You're going you're, you're, yeah, to that's yeah, for another day. I'll right. go into it. I'll go too deep into this. You know this. what? Since
1: once we're going to go in that route, we may as well keep that going because in that time frame, they were considered the
2: best in the game. I'm going to go ahead and run with Biggie. Got to. Got to. So then your team, you should have the East All-Stars. I should have the West End, right? Potentially. <laughs> All right. Up next, I'm going to take versus my heart versus my better judgment. I'm going to take Eminem as my second favorite pick.
1: Oh wow! Yes, that's that's a shocker. I
2: do think lyrically he might be the greatest lyrically, maybe the greatest rapper we've ever seen.
1: Valid point. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and dive right into keeping it East Coast. I'm gonna go with Jay Z.
2: Oh. <laughs> why not? Oh thank- no! I'm glad you did that. I'm Glad you did Jay Z because you know why I'm glad you did that, right? Right.
1: Yep. Because I know who you going for. Who am I going for? Yep. Nostradamus. Nostradamus.
2: <laughs> going where, going where, going
0: where. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number three. You got Nas. I got Nas. Fine, Nas.
1: fine. You go with Nas. I will take your Nas, mm-hmm. and I will raise you Andre 3000.
2: He was one of my next ones. Very, very underrated. What I'm surprised is how come he never released, I guess in a sense he did release a solo album, but, yeah, below. but never a true solo album, just unto himself.
1: No, no, no. The outcast is kind of a family.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I respect that. I respect that. Love Andre 3000. All right. Next then, I will see your Andre 3000. Give me Wheezy. Ooh. Lil Wayne. And that's one of the ones I thought you were gonna pick a little bit earlier because I know how much of a Wayne aficionado I you tend to be. I am a Wayne
1: aficionado. I right. love me some wheezing. So
2: right. I'm gonna go ahead and jump from that. And I'm
1: gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit more dirty as South. You <laughs> go know? for it. I'm gonna go. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it in the South. I'm gonna keep it in the A. I'm gonna go yes. with Ludacris. Luder? All right. A bit of a, I'm a big dude. I think he's one of the best lyricists, uh, most underrated he is, lyricists. He, he in is. The game. He's
2: definitely underrated.
1: Yeah, I was listening to his mixtape the other day. I was like, gosh,
2: this dude is really good. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go conscious. I'm gonna go to Chicago, and I'm gonna get my boy Common. Okay. Up next, okay, he's, he's an underrated lyricist. I, I can definitely. see that. I can totally see that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna fly back to the East Coast. <laughs> We're gonna keep it east, and uh, I'm gonna run with Most deaf. Most Def, All right. I've always enjoyed okay, the lyricism yeah. behind it. So him. then
2: that's, that's, that's a good head to head matchup. Common and Most Deaf, two of the most conscious rappers we've ever seen. Yep. All right. Uh, next, then, I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to go to the South and I'm going to get Scarface on this oh, roster. Oh, I hate you. Oh, that's <laughs> I had to a do good one. That's a good I'm one. Sorry. That's a real good one. He's one of the most respected rappers in the history of the game. Yes, he is. Yeah.
1: Yes, he is. Um, okay. You're going to go with Houston's, one of Houston's greats. I'm going to go ahead and move back to the East Coast, because I feel like rap in the East really jumped. And, oh, man. You know what? Got this. I'm going to keep it conscious. Okay. Keep it conscious. Go for it. Black Thought.
2: Black Thought? All right. He was on my list, too. Okay. So that's like double consciousness between most deaf and black. Can you handle all the black consciousness just between those two? Hey, yes. Just in a general conversation? Yes. Yes. All right, I like that. All right, um, next, I'm going to go with, um, you know, one of the most famous rappers of all time, and a very underrated freestyle is Snoop Dogg. Ooh. You ever heard of Snoop Freestyle?
1: Um, I have. Yes. And Snoop was pretty one ridiculous. of the best I've ever seen. Well, since you're going west coast, I'm going to follow with you. All Ice Cube.
2: He was my, he was next on my list. Thank <laughs> you. I'm going to go with
1: Cubic on him, because Cube yep. was ridiculous with it, especially since he wrote mo- all the stuff that Easy was doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he was... Ridiculous.
2: Okay, I'm gonna stay west, and I'm going to grab one of the younger cats. I'm gonna get Kendrick Lamar.
1: Okay. Okay, you go with K Lamar, K Lamar. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a ooh man. <laughs> you didn't see
2: that one coming, did you? No,
1: I didn't see you going that young, man. I didn't feel like I, to- I told you. I told you, you there were a couple. You yeah, you did say you sprinkled mm-hmm. a few in there. Yeah. Um, not nah, see, can't go this direction. Mm-hmm. Uh But I have to go this one, another conscious one that in the beginning of the game, we were all infatuated with. Um, I'm not sure where we are today, but, but he definitely wasn't a beginner. We're going with Kanye. Con-
2: Damn, that was my next one. That was one of my next ones. Yeah. So some more so old Kanye, Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah we yeah. cannot say. I, mean, he's still College a, dropout. I think he's still a really good rapper, but all the extemporaneous stuff in his life and political views and all that crap Beard, mustache, can crowd the judgment from the fact anyway. that he is one of the better rappers that we've ever seen. Yes. Okay, uh, up next. Now, this one's going to surprise you. And anytime you see a list of the greatest rappers of all time, this is the one female rapper who pops up on all, their, all those lists and is usually fairly high, and that is Lauren Hill.
1: Yeah, because yeah. she actually raps.
2: She did, you know. It was a lot of her her work with the Fugees, uh, the MisEducation. You know, it was more. I mean, to me, she's one of the greatest singers of all time. First of all, yeah, I, I got but you on that. that's that's part of the reason why she's she tends to be underrated as a as a rapper as a lyricist. She was great.
1: Okay, I'm gonna throw this one at you. Then. Go for it. You know, a little, little something something that you know. So you're enjoying people, this, aren't you? This, this cat's underrated. Uh-huh. He, he's one of those that um those that, that know him love him and appreciate him and you can't argue against him. to hmm. be Redman. Redman? Yep. He's on my list too. Good. Yeah, Redman's a monster. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know I always enjoy your drafts after we get started. I don't know,
2: know. You always kept like, I don't know, yeah, then, you know you get all into drafts.
1: it. but yeah. uh no no, what's you got next?
2: Okay, this is where the draft gets this gets rough because you have a few spots left but you have multiple rappers still on your list. Yep. So the only uh, only way I can match your Redman is I got to get his partner. And that is, I'm gonna go to the woo. I'm gonna get Method Man.
1: Okay, you going with the meth? Yeah.
2: Ooh, two spots left. Go for it.
1: Two spots left. All right. So you took the meth. I'm gonna go ahead and just close out the group. and Roll with Big Boy. Big Boy. Yep. Yep.
2: Daddy Fat I think. I think
1: Daddy Fast stacks. Uh, Lucius mm. Left Foot is is B-I-G-B-O-I. is very much underrated to be honest I think he is he's, a, he, he's, yeah, he's very it's hard to compare him and Andre three stacks mm-hmm. so once you hear big boy go at it dude's mm. ridiculous So yeah uh,
2: okay so this next one ah uh, the the hip-hop guys and they're, they're never gonna forgive me for what I'm about to do but I usually have one pick that is just one I really shouldn't do and it's one that people get at me about but I'm gonna do it anyway because it wouldn't be as much fun to me if I didn't do this and I want your opinion on this all right my next one Drake, Drizzy. <laughs> now I passed
1: on him three times you, <laughs> on purpose, and I mean, you're not wrong. The mm-hmm. dude, do puts he's, some stuff together. As, as far as a rapper goes, he is a good rapper. Mm-hmm. I've. It's just his choice of songs that he creates. <laughs> it's always been
2: a lot of people's issues. Duke can rap though, he he really can. Surprisingly so, and he's the greatest selling rapper of all time. Technically, I mean, we're in the era of downloads and such, but he. He does surprise me with a lot of his bars, with with how witty they are. Because I love wit in yeah. rappers, you know, to really catch me, make me think, make me rewind. It's like, oh, he said that, you know. Because Weezy, he, he's known for that. He's a genius That's for his wit. That's why I wanted to pick Wheezy. to yeah. beat me to that one I did. because he is he is strong with
1: the pen and the and the freestyle. Uh-huh. Um, I know that he goes off the head a lot, um, but you know what? Because mm-hmm. you mentioned that 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 strength of the rap and the lyric. Another one, I got my last two are going to be kind of off the tough the okay. type guys that you wouldn't really think of. But one, I'm going to go ahead and take Drake's nemesis, Pusha T, <laughs> Push a T. Because Push Pusha Pushes That's
2: ridiculous. the perfect. Yep. Head to head. 11 to 11. That's the perfect pick. The push is, perfect pick push to neutralize ridiculous. him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was on my list too. Uh. My last pick, I'm going to pick this one because generally the rappers that we're talking about, the majority of them, especially the East Coast rappers, when you ask them who their favorite rapper was, who they grew up on, they mentioned this particular rapper. Yep. So I'm going to put him on here. He probably technically is a lot higher on the list in terms of greatest of all time. Yes. But I'm going to take him, and that is Rakim.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I was waiting for Rakim yeah. to come out the list, and I'm a little disappointed that you beat me to that one. <laughs> um, I thought about him around the the Black Thought area, but I was like, you know, yep. what, I'm going to stick to what I really listened the most to. Uh-huh. Um, I, mean, I mean, there's others you can really throw on that list from Will Smith, LL Cool J, you know, a lot of those that were really big in the growth since we're at, at the finish line. But there was one that to me was the, this one was my favorite rapper going through college okay. uh, that really got me hooked on Houston, Screwed and Chop, and all of that. Mm. And I'm going to go ahead and lay hands on my guy, Camillionaire. <laughs> He's my favorite <laughs> rapper down there, dog. I was always hardcore Cam. Oh, I well never this,
2: You know, for a second, I thought you were going to say Bun B. To me, he's, I was
1: going to do Bun B or Pimp C as well. They were on the list, but since we went twelve, a, he's in the
2: discussion so of, of yeah. some of the ghosts. All right. Uh, so on the on the the ones I didn't get to, I had KRS One. Yes, I had DMX. Yes, uh, Buster Rhymes. Yep, corrupt. Yep. Uh, did you meet, did you mention LL? I did mention so LL, had an LL in as well. and
1: uh, Will Smith. I
2: and um, Meek Mill, just because of his, his battling ability, even though I don't know why he didn't use that against Drake. That made no sense at all. A Philly dude should never have gotten bodied that way on wax by a dude who's from Toronto who sings half his songs. Exactly. I still don't understand that. I was going to go in with Beans as well, with Beanie Siegel. Yeah. Um, but
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
1: Okay, let's wrap this bad boy up. Put a bow on it. Um, good job with the roster. So the final rosters we have are... Yeah, who's yours? Let me pull this off real quick. So the final rosters we have is I've got Biggie, Jay Z, Andre 3000, Ludacris, Most Def, Black Thought, Ice Cube, Kanye West, Red Man, Big Boy, Pusha T, and Camille Young Nair.
2: And my 12, I had Pac, Eminem, Nas, Lil Wayne, Common. Scarface, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Lauryn Hill, Method Man, Drake, and Rakim. And
1: Rakim, there's a lot of honorable mentions to go with that. So, yeah, that yes. was fun. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was a good time. So no, that, that was, was everything that was, I wanted it to be. That was everything you wanted it to be. So, yes, sir. That was great to go ahead and secure the computer's beat and wrap this bad boy <laughs> up with a bow on it. Let's talk about blow-up time. So, of course, being a sports show, sports pod, sports video, sports well, everything or whatnot, you got to have those moments where – you get uh, critical of teams and you start to blow everything up. Mm-hmm. So the NBA playoffs hitting, we're at a certain point now where there's some of these teams, they might need to start looking at starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we look, at, we try to evaluate this annually because it does change every year uh, when a team gets added to the list or taken off. But today, we're going to talk about these ones that we need to go ahead and prepare ourselves for because... Uh, to be quite honest. Some of these teams have gotten a lot of leash, mm. and they have now started to choke themselves, and we can go <laughs> ahead and uh, choke them fully out. So there are—I have. Uh, let me pull it up. I got uh, four teams that I feel like, even they're in, though they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got seven teams total that I feel like are candidates for blowing up that Did are Jimmy, in the playoffs. No, uh, seven total. Okay. Uh, Three out the playoffs, four in the playoffs. And, Jimmy, I want you to pick one of each. Okay. And who do you feel like should be a candidate for starting from scratch? Okay? All right. So here's the teams that we have. We have Minnesota Timberwolves, Phoenix Suns, and the Washington Wizards out of the non-playoff squads. Mm -hmm. In the playoffs, we have the Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics, the – Denver Nuggets, and the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. All right. So, out of the non-playoff teams, those three, who do you think it's time to go ahead and blow up, or do you want to add a team
2: on there? Oh, no, no, I can go with the ones you got. Uh, and this is, so, this is so easy. This is so simple. This is a, a layup on top of a dunk. The Washington Wizards. I mean, all I did was look at this list and looked at which team depressed me the most, which team is everyone tired of watching, which team went one and seven in the bubble who didn't need to be there, didn't want to be there, nobody wanted them there. It's Washington. I think John Wall, they need to move him, and especially that hefty contract that he's been playing under for what these last two injured seasons with more to go. I think Bradley bill, he's one of my favorite more underrated players. He's kind of in the Devin Booker class of not having gotten the proper respect he deserves, even though he's a phenomenal player. But I think that there's quite a lot you can get back for Bradley bill. And it's obvious no matter what he says that he doesn't want to be there anyway. So that whole discussion, that whole media fiasco one day is coming. If not next season, the season after that, where he forces himself out of town. So I say, just get him out before you even have to go through that. Start over, you're terrible. Wow. I mean, but you got a piece of stuff to build around. Rui Uchimura, he's going to be a really solid player you know, in yeah, about two or yeah. three years. Reaction but blow it up. Really, blow it really, up. Really, really,
1: really, really good. Yeah. Um, he's probably one of my favorites. Oh, so for me, so I have to slide Minnesota down on the list only because they did just trade. They basically blew up their roster by sending Andrew Wiggins to L.A. for D'Angelo Russell. So now Cat has a point guard that he's close to uh-huh. uh, overall yeah. that that could potentially make them work out a lot better than what they have. So we'll see how that works out. But outside of that, I am with you. I think Washington is the number one candidate on this of so blowing it up. John Wall hasn't played in a year and a half going on two seasons. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's going to be ready to play in December. If they restart the season in December or January, that's going to be a very, very good question. Um, But as much as Bradley bill says he wants to be there. I don't see it either. I think it's time for him to go ahead and just get out. It's the roster's not conducive to winning. And uh, as Bomani Jones has mentioned, (laughs) the Washington wizards has not won 50 games in his lifetime. (laughs) And Bo's 40. Uh So I went back and looked. He ain't lying. They don't, they ain't hit fifty wins in a season.
2: Oh, that's not a joke.
1: No, that was like dead, dead, dead a series. So he wasn't laughing when he said it. No, okay. that was the point. They've never hit it. That's what's up. So that's a problem. If your team can't hit fifty wins with all the talent that's gone through there mm-hmm. over the last forty years, they haven't had Michael Jordan
2: for a couple of seasons, and they could not hit fifty. <laughs> you can't win wins. with MJ. You can't, you can't win, win, win with anybody. anybody. So yeah,
1: at this point, Washington, blow it up, start from scratch, just be a ceiling dweller and be dumb with it, or yeah, just bottom mm-hmm. of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Call it a day. So, all right. So, <laughs> playoff teams. If these teams don't make it deep in the playoffs, who do you feel like should be the one that's the biggest candidate for a blow-up? Mm-hmm. You got Philly. Okay. You got Boston. You got Denver. And you got Portland.
2: Uh, Portland, no, because Dame loves it there. Celtics, no, because they're young and they have a two-headed tandem of superstars, soon-to-be superstars together, not even counting Kimball Walker. And I think the Nuggets are solid, and Michael Porter Jr. could be the cornerstone of that team, along with – I mean, they're all young. Jokic is is young, Murray is young, and they all enjoy playing there. So no, so it's got to be the 76ers Uh, because it's – I mean, what everyone – sometimes, and I had this philosophy professor who would say, the majority is always wrong, meaning if the majority of people think one way the truth – or the most logical point of view is probably on the opposite end. Mm -hmm. But in this case, and I think that way about a lot of things, but in this case, absolutely not. Everybody is saying the Sixers don't work. They need to move either Embiid or Simmons. And they are absolutely right. As far as which one they should move, I'm not sure exactly, but this isn't work. It's not so much that they need to move one of them. They, and it's not even a culture of the team thing. It's, it's just, it just has something to do with their style of play, which I guess would be specific to who you have on your roster. So reshaping the roster can reshape the way that you play. But the way that they play just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the East, and it's not going to work against the West. So it's the 76ers. Blow it up.
1: Blow it up. Burn it 66ers. all. All right, burn it all, huh? Yep. Okay. Well, okay, I'm, I'm there. So I I have a different difference of opinion when it comes to a lot of these. So Boston, I agree. They're still young. They you just got Kimball Walker, so there's not really a um, – a reason to blow yeah. them up yet. It's not they, urgent, they, not yet. They not haven't yet. hit their big con. They, they're about to hit their big contracts next year. How so many years no do you
2: give them before you blow it up? Um,
1: I'll give them to the end of... Who did the extension first? Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown's extension. Okay. So I give them four more years. Fair. That's fair. Um, I, can, I can give them that just because of youth. We'll go with the youth aspect of it. Mm. Uh, Denver, similarly, they are still in a way young. Uh, the problem I have with Denver is, is that they keep being a top seed that no one's afraid of. <laughs> That 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 to me is a problem. Mm-hmm. That means that you're not a threat, right? No one believes because in, cause in you.
2: professional sports, fear is a commodity. You have it, to have you it. Have to you have to cannot fear, win without
1: and it. And without seeing Denver ever have fear in anybody's eyes, uh-huh. that tells me that they may be one of the better candidates. But the best candidate on this entire list is Portland. Ooh, Portland is the number one on this list. Okay, their two best players, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, are under six <laughs> three. And it seems like as they get further into the playoffs, they get demolished harder every time. Um, They need another wing. So it needs to be either McCullum or Lillard needs to be gone. They need to get themselves a younger wing. They probably need to trade one of them to Boston and get, hell, get Gordon Hayward, uh, <laughs> Jalen Brown or Tatum. Get someone else that can carry the load and have one of those two as the complement to that player. Mm-hmm. They That would, to me, accelerate their opportunities to be, to be competitive in the West because they're playing in the West, and you're going against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. If you feel like you're going to get past, which we're going to find out, Very soon, what it looks like for the Blazers to go against LeBron James and Anthony Davis without the additional pieces that they're going to get, plus Kyle Kuzma, Mm. we'll see what Portland's going to actually look like and what they're made of. I don't think that they're the team to beat them. And Mm. when Golden State comes back, they're not going to come back 100%, but 75% of Golden State's shooting ability – it's better than what Portland is okay, So has it's offered.
2: not so much that – so here's what I'm <laughs> gathering, what I'm learning from this is to blow up a team, it really takes two reasons. Either you're horribly bad, you always have been, you're always going to be, or what you're doing is not working. So with Portland is – obviously it's not that they're bad. With the basketball – It's just they working. Yeah, it's just not working. working. It's not that they're
1: nope. a bad team. They almost didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And their excuse was, well, we didn't have Nurkic. You have your two best <laughs> players should be able to carry you to the playoffs without that's your true. best big. That's man. true. That's my, that's, that's my argument behind them. And that's no shade to either one of them. Cause I think they're both phenomenal players. And I think they're both impactful players. The problem is those two aren't scary enough for teams to fold over. Like you said, fear is a commodity. Mm. That's a commodity they don't have. Yes. Carmelo is stepping up. Matt props to him, recognizing his role. But at the same time, mm. Carmelo, Anthony, puts no fear in anybody's heart anymore. Hell when he's in Oklahoma City, he was getting shot blocked by people shorter than him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He just can't get up like he was. They no one they they're not as bad as Denver to me when it comes to not being feared. Because they have Dame. Because of Dame. Yeah. But Dame has to petition to get himself on all star teams only because there are so many good point guards in the West. Right. No shade to Dame. I hate that I like Dame so much. I want to not like him, but I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite people to watch play, Mm -hmm. like Russ. But the issue you run into, again, is that nothing about Portland scares me when I watch them match up to any other team. Mm Denver versus Denver, yeah, at that point I'm scared of Portland. But outside of that,
2: them matched up against anybody else in the Mm -hmm. West, no fear. Let me give you a quick wrinkle going back to uh, Portland and the Lakers being in the first round. You remember how we always used to say that the only player who could, who looked like a good matchup for LeBron and could give him trouble was Carmelo Anthony? Yes. Do you think that that aspect is going to register or have a difference when it comes to guarding him, given that they're both older, he's much slimmer? Do you think that that's, that's going to matter? Or his knowledge and experience of guarding LeBron going to make a difference?
1: Jimmy, uh, Carmelo Anthony is six months older than LeBron. They are the same height, yes. and they weigh about the exact same weight. Probably at this point, Carmelo's lighter. Yeah. And Carmelo plays like he's 10 years older than LeBron James. (laughs) That tells you something, right? Mm. Think about it. Think about that. Melo is six months older than LeBron. Actually, to be exact, it's like seven. LeBron's born in December. I think Melo's born in May. Mm. They're very close in age. There's no reason that Carmelo Anthony should not look like LeBron does. The reason he doesn't is because we all know why he doesn't take care of himself. Like you would hope a guy like him. Carmelo is, was one of the most transcendent scoring guys I had ever seen play, mm. especially when he's in Denver. He was ridiculous. Syracuse is ridiculous. Mm. Carmelo has all the tools to, he has all the tools to be the guy to carry the blazers through the playoffs. Mm. He ain't there yet. Now next year, if he decides to stay on this pace uh and keep taking care of himself, Uh maybe
2: Jay, you're being unfair. You're being unfair (laughs) to Okay, I'm being unfair. You you, you you want me to tell you why you're being unfair? (laughs) Why? Because you can't compare anyone to the freak athleticism in in the body of LeBron James. It's like you put a running back next to Adrian Peterson, who's the exact same age, and he looks nothing like Adrian Peterson. And you say, why don't you look like that? You can look like that. No, you can't. Adrian Peterson looked like that when he was 12. LeBron James looked like that when he was 13. These are freak jimmy. athletes jimmy. you can't compare guys to them jimmy so that's jimmy. not fair you're being jimmy. unfair jimmy fair jimmy. you're not being fair, fair.
1: I'm, I'm being <laughs> it's not fair jimmy i'm being fair and Tell how me how. this is how i'm being fair how are you being did fair? you watch carmelo anthony of syracuse I did Did you watch how he carried that team through the ncaa tournament yes. to win a national championship yes him and akeem warwick uh-huh. the way that he played out there the way yeah. he was dominant the way that nobody could stop him mm-hmm. you see the way he played when he was in denver you saw how as he got older, he got worse. <laughs> <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, to me, freakishly can be a LeBron. It's all about one thing, the will to want to be. If Carmelo had taken care of his body like LeBron mm-hmm. did, he could He'd have
2: freakish. a he could have a better body, but that would not make him LeBron. Oh yeah, it LeBron, would, you see to how me. LeBron can still fly through the air. Melo has never been able to do that. Oh Melo's been able to. Geez, he he's, a jump shooter. he's a perimeter
1: guy. He was yamming on people. Yeah, when he, younger days. He's
2: six Hey, He can dunk on you, but he ain't finna just.
1: Oh, I've seen him you know, cock back on folks. The problem uh, is, is that Carmelo is out of shape <laughs> on a regular basis, and that's the one thing you can you can try to argue all you want with me on it. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna tell you. This all is surprising or day is that if Carmelo Anthony cared about his body uh-huh. as much as he does about strippers and liquor, <laughs> I promise you Carmelo would be so. This is so surprising. Deep. You
2: were always a bigger mellow guy than I was, and I never hated oh, yeah, him. Oh, yeah, I'm So this deep. surprises yeah. me that I'm the one who's defending him against the physique of LeBron, and that's the very reason why you're going at him. Size-wise, man. He can never have there. that.
1: He could have it. If he wanted it, he could have it. <laughs> Ah. At the money that he got, he All uh, All right, Jim. what's you. on the editing room floor? All right, editing room floor.
2: All right, so Travis Kelsey, one of the tight ends who just got paid on National Tight End Get the Bag Day, talked about one of the first <laughs> things that he's going to do with his money, and that is this. And I want to get this right because this is awesome. Basically, what he's going to do is that through his foundation – 87 and running. He's going to be purchasing a building in downtown Kansas City that will be dedicated to providing the youth of the city with the opportunity to explore careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. STEM. Yes. Is what it's going to be called. How awesome is that?
1: Oh, I think it's great. I think he needs to add another building next to that Mm -hmm. to where kids can just go somewhere and just be kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the STEM focus by everybody, but everybody's not ready to be in STEM. Believe me, not everybody has the mental capacity to handle STEM. They don't. So we need to find other ways for them to get better. Let's look at arts. Mm-hmm. I like buying furniture. I like I like aesthetics. A lot, a lot of people that love aesthetics. Let's harness that as well.
2: Mm-hmm. I think you will. I, mean, I, think, I think this is just the beginning, but I like, I oh, like yeah, to focus yeah. on, on academics and on building your intelligence. Yes, I love um, it. That's excellent. All right, up next, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued an emergency authorization Saturday allowing public use of a saliva-based test for the coronavirus developed at Yale University and funded by the nba and the national basketball players association which means that if this test becomes you know global becomes the standard of test because of its cost because of its efficiency um and how non-invasive it is i mean could the nba benefit by making billions off of this uh, do they stand to make billions off of this? I, they might be able to make billions off of
1: it, but at the same time, they provided a public service. They uh-huh. funded the research to get this out there so that we can get basketball. Is- and I, did, I forgot to give them kudos at the beginning. Yeah. The NBA, this bubble worked. It's working. It's working. It's working. And I appreciate them for taking the time to think it out thoroughly instead of making a knee-jerk reaction and thinking that any plan they had originally was going to work without time. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, I knew he was going to do that. It took you months and months. I could have come up with that idea in 10 minutes. You 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 did come up with that idea in 10 minutes. Beard mustache. All right, so veteran ESPN, uh, the new uh, Monday Night Football booth for ESPN has been announced. Yes, finally. It's going to include veteran ESPN anchor Steve Levy and analysts Louis Riddick and Brian Greasy, who will take over the booth for Monday Night Football uh, and will begin their season debut September 14th with the Titans versus Broncos game. So, Jay, what do you think of that new booth?
1: Love Levy during the XFL.
2: Okay, that's good.
1: Add Riddick. Add Greasy. Don't know much about Greasy. I can't recall where I was. He was a quarterback. Uh, I don't, I don't I know who he is. Yeah. I don't recall where I was. He was a quarterback to too. As a uh, analyst, I don't recall hearing him anywhere as an analyst.
2: But he's done a little bit. It's, it's been a while. Um, I think Greasy's worth the shot. Riddick. His it's all about personality. Yes, you you have to have a a a color guy, an analyst who's got a really good personality or an interesting one like Chucky. Yes, Uh, Riddick. I'm trying to think of a sensitive way to say this. He's kind of a um, he's kind of a he he has sort of he's a bit of a jerk in a sense. And I don't know how well I don't know how well that's going to play. How is that perfect? It'll mesh perfectly with all of it. You got to have one jerk in a group of two nice guys. Chucky was never a jerk, and then McFarlane was a bit too much of a jerk. So I don't think you need a jerk at all. You need someone. You gotta have a balance, perhaps. We'll see how they apply. I don't, I don't like. It. I don't like the Riddick part, but I can be convinced. I'll give him a shot. All right. Yep.
0: <laughs>
2: all right. Well, we appreciate y'all joining
1: us here on Unfair as usual. Uh, make sure you check us out We're podcasts are downloaded and listened to. Make sure you also rate us and review us and give us those five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway. Gift it. All right, from Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for sticking it out with us. And from my co-host, Jimmy, uh, I'll have my solo show later this week. You got an article coming again? Uh, Hopefully. Hopefully, Jimmy's going to be back into his writing bag. I'm in my writing bag. I got two that I need to get put out there. They'll show up, I promise, one of these days. Uh, But outside of that, we'll chop it up with you guys in a couple days. Peace.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.